Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Acts 3, 1 to 16. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, courts walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. This is the word of the Lord. Given by the Spirit, gifts embedded in service and wrapped in love. They are not wealth you amass so you can become rich. Gifts that the body can be complete. They are not a measure of value so you can become a senior Christian. Gifts that you may serve another. They are not words for you to speak yourself up the wisdom skill. Gifts that others may be edified. They are not an alternative source of income so your pockets may be full. Gifts for the profit of all. They are not pawns so you can be the king. Gifts given by the king so you can be the servant. They are not for you. 
They are received, not ordered. They are not armful. Charismata, gift of the Spirit. Good, good morning, church. Good morning, okay. Yeah, thank you. If you're worshiping us for the first time, we are glad to have you. You can see a number of new people here. Um, so we just started a new series called um, Charis- Charismata, um, Gifts of the Spirit. So, um, you know, everything that we have in life is, is a gift. Everything, if you just look at creation, sun, air, water, um, plants, Animals, you know, turkey, eggs, all those things are gifts. Um, you know, God gave woman to man, and God gave children to woman, gifts. And if you try to be a, a bit more Christian, I think of Jesus, you know. Jesus is given, you know, say unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given. Um, the miracles that Jesus did, you know, were gifts to people, you know, bless them, give them freely. And even the parables that he told, most of them had, you know, these gifts, this idea of gifts in them. From the parable of talents, he gave to them as many, or from the parable of the feast, you know, just this gracious giving entity. And even in dying on the cross, giving himself as a sacrifice. And then he ascended, the Bible tells us that when he ascended, that the Father would send the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you see, the Holy Spirit, we said gifts of the Spirit. Um, like the gifted person who wrote this poem, illustrated in the, the video, these gifts of the Spirit, are, they, are, they are for the common good. They are not for ourselves. Um, they cannot be ordered like, like an item on Jumia or Conga. They are given. Um, they are not to be seen as harmful. Like, you shouldn't treat them like a letter bomb. Um, if someone tells you, like, you might receive a letter bomb, like, that's not how you should look at the gifts. They are <clears throat> good and useful because they've been given from God. So, you know, in the scripture, we see that there are various kinds of these gifts. Gifts, you said, in Ephesians 4, we see that God gave apostles to the church, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers as gifts to the church. But in this series, we'll be considering um, just a few of these gifts and seeing how we can... Um, God will use them for the common good, you know, here and through us. So in this series, we'll consider encouragement and mercy. We'll consider preaching and teaching, tongues and interpretation, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. And then we'll also see how these gifts can be used in love. And today, we'll consider healings and miracles. Uh, healings and miracles. Mm, I have someone Google. So we'll consider healings and miracles. Um, in three points, an act of kindness, a notable sign, a gift. Healings and miracles, an act of kindness, a notable sign, a gift. So you see, this, this text that we've read, um, that was read to us, Mark 3, the story continues in Acts 4. And then in Acts 4, after this miracle, um, after this miraculous healing had been performed, um, Peter and John were summoned by the chief priest, by the elders by the rulers of the law, like in chapter 4. And then Peter said, why do you call us? 
Why do you call us account? Why are you threatening us? Why are you just, why are you not happy with what we've done? Can't you see that what we've done is an act of kindness? That's verse 9 of chapter 4. You see, kindness means doing good to people, doing good out of compassion, showing that you feel for others, but doing good, doing something good to them. Doing good to those in need of good, doing good to those in pain, doing good to those suffering. If we examine this man in Act 3, for instance, we see that verse 2, it says that he was lame from birth. He was disabled. He was incapacitated. He was diseased, like disease. He wasn't living in ease. And we can relate to this. You know, some of us who are ill or we have loved ones who are ill. You know, anything from you can't move your leg, you can't move your hand because of this, you get incapacitated. You can't move your neck. You can't take care of your kids. You can't bear kids. You can't deliver kids. Or you're on a, on a sick bed. You can't eat again. You can't drink again. You can't talk again. You can't see again. You can't breathe again. You can't live again. This man was lame from birth. Some of us have children or we have nephews or nieces that were born with a condition, Down syndrome, autism. He said, this man that was healed, he said, the man that was miraculously healed in chapter 4, verse 22, he said, this guy had been lame for 40 years. And some of the people we know who are ill, and some of us who have been ill for so long that we cannot remember not having it. The illness has made us so sick that we look so old. Oh, let's not even talk about the lifestyle, the, the health regimen. You can't eat that kind of food because of illness. You can't drink that. You, know, you have to see that consultant. You have to visit that therapist. You have to use these particular vitamins. You can't lie down like that. You can't wear that. It's depressing. You can't serve in church the way you want. Or is it the image? How it affects our image and our self-esteem? In verse 4, this man saw Peter and John. He asked them for money. But then the next verse says that Peter had to call on him to say, look at us. He was not looking at it. He wasn't paying attention to them. You know, some, for some, for some this, a sickness has so affected us that it has distorted our self-esteem. We consider, am I even human? You know, I'm not like others. I'm not normal. I'm, I'm, I'm stagnant. Look at those who are not as gifted as me. Look at my age mates. I know, I know where my child should be. She's 10, she's 15. I know, I, I know my aunt, who, I know my sister who gave, who gave birth at the same time. I know, where, I know where the child is, I know the class that is in, I know the things that I can attempt. I, I know how far he's come with motor skills. Or you have a dad or a child or you have a brother and you're not happy because of this. In many ways, you are crippled. Your life is crippled, it's paralyzed by this illness that is ravaging your body or ravaging the body of your loved one, or ravaging the mind or the psyche of your loved one. In verse 2, we also see that this layman was being carried up to the temple gates. That is to say that he had become dependent. He was being pushed around. You know, the sickness that has made, that has sucked out 
life, not just from us, but from the, from, from the life of our family and our friends and our loved ones. Some spouses have left their jobs to care for their ailing children or for their ailing spouses. And some family members and friends have grown tired. They've become depressed caregivers. It's just taking so much from us. Should we just take off the breathing machine? You see, this man begged there every day. He, was, he sat down at the gate to beg every day. He spent a fortune. Like, you know, we spent so much to buy that particular supplement, that drug, to get that treatment, that kind of food, that kind of bed. So much. In fact, we spent, for some of us, we spent all that we've had that we have to get the help of friends and family and, and we have to get donations. We have to get groups and NGOs to donate for our good or open GoFundMe accounts. You see, in verse 1 and 4, he said, Peter and John, it was one day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they were going to prayer. They were about to enter. You see, Peter and John could have moved past him could have ignored him because it was 3 o'clock. They were going to pray. They were disciples. They should be more given to the word and prayer. That was more important stuff. But Peter and John did not do that. You see, Peter and John did not have money. So they didn't have what to give him. That was what the man was expecting. In fact, this man, like we've seen, was not even paying attention to them. So they had every reason to go ahead with their lives. But verse 4, we see that but they looked at the man, not just Peter, but also John. They looked at him. They felt for him. They showed him their feeling. Verse 7, Peter helped him up. He helped him up. That was, that was the word as used. He helped him. They did him good. They did not just do him good. They felt for him and they showed him the good. They did him an act of kindness. And then we see the man walking and jumping. You know, for me, it was a time when I couldn't defecate for weeks. And I had, you know, someone pray for me, you know. And to go to the toilet again and then to do what you're supposed to do, made me sing, made me say, oh, God, I thank you. Like, this was no joke that I would be done. And I was, wow, like, I would never have thought that I could thank God for being able to go to the toilet. You see, this man was dancing and praising because he was walking and jumping. You see, very simple things that we might have taken for, that some have taken for granted because they are healthy. You see what Peter and John did to him. This was the cause for this man's joy. They did him an act of kindness. In verse 6, see what they said. They say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They mentioned Jesus. Jesus is the person behind it. Jesus is the one who looked upon the multitudes with passion and healed their sick. Jesus was the one who saw the crowds and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. And he miraculously multiplied five loaves and two fishes to feed them. Jesus is the one who had compassion on two blind men, crying, Son of David, have mercy on us. He touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight. Jesus is the one who looked at the widow whose son was dead. And his heart went out to her, and he told her, don't cry. And he raised her son. Jesus is the one who got to his friend's tomb, Lazarus' tomb. And before raising him to life, he wept. 
And the Jews around said, see how much he loved him. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, anointed with the Holy Spirit, who went around doing good to healing all who were ill. Acts 10, 38. Are you ill? Are you dependent because of illness? Have you become depressed because of your condition? Are you hampered by it? Are you tired of your loved one? Are you concerned about your loved one? Believe in the compassionate God who is willing and who wants to heal. You see, he empathizes with you. He puts himself in your crutches. That's the kind of man he is. That's the kind of God that he is. He feels the syringe. He feels the, he, he tastes the bitter pills. He feels the surgical blade and the radiation rails upon him. And Peter in verse 18 says it. He says that, in verse 18 of chapter 3, it says that the Messiah would suffer. I know all suffering is not sickness, but all sickness is suffering. I know that Jesus suffered to save us from our sins first. But Peter said, he did this to fulfill the prophets. And what the prophet Isaiah said in 63 verse 9, he said, in all our distresses, he is distressed. All. All our distresses. Not just spiritual. Not just physical but also emotional, mental, psychological, is distressed in all our distresses. All. So would he who was willing, who loved you so much, to save you from spiritual paralysis, for we are all crippled, born crippled in our sin, would he not also be willing and loving enough to save you from your physical, emotional, mental, and psychological illness. Would he? One, two. A notable sign. But will he, you ask yourself, you ask, you're asking me, but will he, will he heal, will he heal? Yeah, we believe he's kind, we believe he's willing to heal, but will he? Damn it, don't raise my hopes. You see, the layman was expecting silver and gold. He got more. Don't lower your hopes. You see, we approach God and his willingness to heal with doubt, with, in different ways. You see, for some, some are like the people who ran. You see, they, they were running to Solomon's colony. They were astonished. They were surprised. They were wondering, amazed, curious, seeing it as a spectacle. Wow! Hmm, what's happening here? We haven't seen something like this before. Hmm. They were not thinking God. They were not thinking about this compassionate God, primarily. They were not thinking about the man who had been shown kindness, primarily. They were thinking about themselves. Hmm. Peter said, you see, do you, why are you staring at us? Do you think it's our power or our piety? For those who think this way, you see, the most that can come from such approach is silver and gold. Silver and gold. But some others come greatly disturbed. In chapter 4, verse 2, these rulers and elders of the law, you know, when there's someone, you see, they, when they got to where Peter and John were, were preaching, you know, this summer, after they had done this miracle, they were greatly disturbed. These were thinking, knowledgeable types. These were theological, scholarly ones. 
This will say that I believe in the laws of nature. Show me, show me. You need to give me facts. You know, it is, if it is not rational, I don't, like, I don't deal with that. You see, they say, these men were are unschooled and ordinary men. That's what they call Peter and John. Unschooled. They were thinking in terms of knowledge. They were looking for something to say. Because the Bible says that when they saw this man eat by their side, they said they had nothing to say. So all they were about was what could they say to refute what they are seeing. They were skeptical. They asked them, by what power or by what name? You see, for, for, for those who are in this group of people or those among us who might, who might, who might think like this, you see, do you, those people who think like this, you, you, we associate, we, we, we consider our association with intellectual and smart people of more importance than our association with a God who is not only kind and compassionate, but a God who is powerful. We are moved more by prejudice and desire for self-protection. Oh, this is this too is also this too is silver and gold. Being content with philosophy in the church, entertainment, psychology, relief, moral advice, spectacles may not be bad, but that is just silver and gold. Being content with prayers for healing without expecting answers, handing out encouragement or teaching that gives Little or no room for God to miraculously intervene is settling for silver and gold. Does God not work through medicine and technological advancement? Of course. I believe that the laws of nature govern the universe. Oh yes, oh yes. But you see the church in chapter 4 verse 24 when Peter and John returned from these smart, scholarly, brilliant minds and they go back to their people. See the first word they sent out to God. It says, Sovereign Lord, you created the earth and the seas and everything in it. You see, they were saying that God is over everything, that God sustains the universe by the power of his word and that he can bypass or overrule medicine and nature. They are subject to him. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. This is no human power. You see, the scholars saw the courage of Peter and John, and they knew they'd been with Jesus. You see, this, this is a being with Jesus. These guys are on school out there. They've been with Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You see, Peter told those who came running to them, who thought that it was their power of God. He said, is it the God of Abraham? The God of Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. This is the same God who told Moses in Egypt. Remember the ten plagues of Egypt? He told Moses, say, say to them, say to the Israelites, that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has sent me to you. And then Moses went on to perform those miraculous signs in Egypt. To glorify his servant Jesus, to display his power, healings. Is Exodus 9 verse 16 makes it clear. God told Pharaoh, whose heart was adding against God, he said, For one reason only, I've kept you on your feet. One reason. To make you recognize my power 
so that my reputation spreads in all the earth. You, you, you are still building up yourself at my people's expense. He cared for power. He cared for his name and his reputation at the expense of God's reputation and power. Healings and miracles are notable signs of the God who wants to display his sovereign power. When we doubt that he will heal, when we doubt that he will do miracles, we undermine his power. In verse 21, Peter says, Until the time comes for God to restore everything. Will God heal? That's the question. Will God heal? Yes. He will heal everything, not just everybody. It will put an end to sickness. It will put an end to suffering, to evil. It will put an end to death, the greatest enemy. Everything will be restored. The earth and everything in it, because it's sovereign over all. Healing and miracles are signs that point to this kingdom that is to come, the world that is to come, where there will be no evil whatsoever. He said there are foretests of what that life is going to be about. So we ask ourselves, so what about now? What about now while we live in the in-between? What about now while the kingdom has come but has not yet fully come? Do we receive healing? Can we, can we receive miracles? Go to my third point. A gift. Uh, the, way we, the way we approach um, God's healing work and wonder and sign, um, I, I try to put it in three broad categories. You know, some think of the kingdom of God and the healing that comes as a result, or a healing, the healing that points to it. Some see it as a sort of wand, as a wand, like Gandalf's wand, or Merlin's wand. Merlin had a, Merlin had a wand. He just spoke. That was powerful. That was pow more powerful than Gandalf. You thought of it as, <clears throat> as a wand. Oh, the kingdom of God has fully come. We can get healing whenever we want, however we want. Just sway it. Sway the wand. You know, by formulas. You say, you have to say the name of Jesus in a particular way. There's a way. You, you say it immediately. You, you, you call it, and in a kind of manner. Over some, you say, oh, it's the faith. You see, your faith is not enough. There is a level of faith. If you don't have, you don't have faith, you can't receive it. Oh, but at Lazarus' tomb, Martha had little faith. Mary had less faith. Lazarus had no faith. And Jesus raised him from the dead. Oh, this is not formulaic. Oh, they will say, fake it. You know, just believe that. Believe you can walk. Believe that you can walk. Just you are healed. Just is, if you say it enough. All of these methods and approach, approach, we act in doing this, we act like we deserve it. We act like we worked for it. We act like it was a reward. Oh boy, we can't, we can't, it couldn't have been. You disowned the holy and righteous one. Oh, you rejected Jesus, the stone that has become the cornerstone. 
Oh, you killed the author of life. You look, look at all the things that we did. How could it be a reward? How could it be what we deserve? It's not a want. Oh, some of us, we use it as a crutch. You, know, you never know. You never know. God will do whatever he wants. If he wants to heal, he will heal. You can't force his hand. Just endure. You know, you, know, you live in this world. Time is coming when all of us will be fine. So you just... So people don't just know how to, especially when you're not the one who is, who is sick or who is ill. You, people don't, they don't, you don't have enough faith. You can't, and, and you're I'm praying for comfort for you. You see, it is arrogant to act as if it is, that, that <clears throat> is so arrogant to, to, act, to, to, to see that, that now in the New Testament, after Christ has died and has risen, has ushered in the new kingdom, that you will be less willing to heal, that you will be less willing to destroy the work of Satan than he was before Christ came. Even in Numbers 21, back then, God was so willing to heal. He says, anyone who has been beaten by a snake, he says, if, look at him, broken snake, mold a snake, he says, anyone who has been beaten by a snake, look up to this snake, they will be healed. If God was so willing to heal then, how would he not be much more willing to heal now? I think the way we ought to use healing, the way we ought to see it is to see it as a staff. As a staff. Just as God used Moses' staff. Oh, bring it out, Moses. Put it down. And he comes in and swallows it. Oh, stretch out your staff. You know, God walking through him with Moses, through Moses as the vessel, using the staff. You see, God energizes us with gifts of healing and miraculous powers. In 1 Corinthians 12, he's giving diverse gifts to the church. He's giving gifts, apostles, prophets, teachers. He's giving gifts of healing. He's giving gifts of miraculous powers. God walking through those gifts he gives and through those who he gives gives. He gives as he wills, and he walks through his gifts by his spirit the way he wills. You see, when Peter and John looked at the lame man, he told them, look at us. Oh, Peter and John were not boastful. Oh, they were not taking pride on their power or their piety like he later showed, like I showed earlier. No, he was saying, see, we are no longer ordinary men. We have received the gift. We are gifted. Look at us. We are gifted. He points to the gift. Points to the giver. He says, don't, don't worship us. It's not our power of piety. Worship God the giver. Worship God of our fathers. Worship the God who wants to heal. Who we heal. Who does heal. Who heals. But what if, what if God doesn't heal? Or when God doesn't heal, what do we do? Or Suzanne. Suzanne is... Suzanne is probably the, Suzanne is most likely one of the Christians that, that I respect the most, ever. She, she was down with cervical cancer. And, you know, I had, it, I had to, because I was in school, but I had to go visit her time and time again. I, she's, 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 she's a worthy, like, rest, admirable Christian. But, you know, the times that I went, you know, yeah, saying things that I cannot even alter, you know, about, 
what, what she expected from God. You know, like, no, but God, you told me, like, how? You told me this is not a sickness unto death. So this is not a sickness unto death. I cannot die. I cannot die. And then I was and she really said, no, don't worry, don't, 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 don't tell me I'm fine, I'm fine. Then she turns to me and tell me she's fine. Like she's, and she's saying the other minutes that this is not a sickness unto death. Go worry, didn't tell me. Then she's turning to me and telling me I'm fine. Like she didn't want to face the reality. She didn't want to come to terms with it. She was struggling. Was sad. Was sad when we lost her. In verse 6, Acts 3, Paul, Peter says, what I have, I give. Peter did not focus on what he didn't have. He focused on what he had, what he had received. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely have you received, freely give. Do we desire earnestly these gifts of healings in our church? But for those who have it, do we steward it well? You see, sometimes God will walk through those who are not necessarily gifted with the gifts of healing. Like James shows us in chapter 5. He says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders, elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. He went on to say this. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed. And the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Is it anyone who has prayed for the sick? And I'm quoting a wise man called Fillmore. Is it anyone who has prayed for the sick and seen some of them fail to receive healing knows the terrible anguish and pain which can result both from the person receiving prayer and for the person doing the praying. It is understandable that some of us tacitly decide that we would downplay the biblical promises of healing in our churches in order to spare people any further disappointments. It is understandable. But we dare not back away from the Bible's theology of healing. But we dare not abdicate this ministry to special evangelists and charismatic specialists. So how do we then pray? So how do we then minister? If God is kind and compassionate to ill, if God is powerful and sovereign to ill, if God is gracious to give gifts of healing, so how do we then pray? So when they returned, when Peter and John returned back to the people and they said, Sovereign Lord, and they did that, praised God and worshipped Him and regarding the sovereignty over, over all creation. See what they prayed next. They said, 
stretch out your hand. Sovereign Lord, stretch, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Stretch out your hand. We don't receive, Jesus, the Bible says, we don't receive because we don't ask. Oh, I've asked. I've asked over and over again. I've asked over and over again. Why don't I receive? Oh, nobody can give you a clear definition. For the Bible cites different reasons in different scenarios that no one will be able to decipher at every point. Hardly decipher why this healing has not come immediately. Why this healing has taken so long? Or why this healing did not even come at all? In the name sin. It says we didn't pray and fast because God was waiting for a particular context to show his peculiar glory in a different way. For Lazarus was dead for days and Jesus did not go. Or faith sometimes. Which was God's sovereignty. But one thing is certain. One thing we can decipher. We are not able to decipher what he if he will heal at this point in time, if he will heal tomorrow, if he will heal next year. But one thing is sure, clear. We keep asking God for healing until two, except for two conditions. One, until God tells us not to. Like he told Paul, he said, three times I've asked you to take away this, you see, but my, you see, my grace is sufficient for you. We keep asking. This is what we ought to do. The second condition is death. See, until we pray like this, until we pray this way, until we pray with this, with this, until we pray with this expectancy, until we pray with this. Um, with this assurance that God wants to, and God is willing, and God can, and God is gracious to heal. Until we pray like this, that is when we are able, that is when we will be able to reassure people biblically that it is not lack of faith for them to go to a doctor, that it is not lack of faith for those suffering from infertility to adopt children. It is when we can reassure them that though you have not been healed, we can offer them encouragement either to press on in faith towards healing in continuous prayer or to press on in faith towards the victorious death which gains the resurrected body that Christ promises. So I hold you brothers, I hold you sisters, friends and guests healings and miracles an act of kindness an act of kindness by compassionate God it's a notable sign by the powerful sovereign God a gift from the gracious God so would we pray this afternoon would we seek him for our loved one would we seek him for ourselves the leaders are going to come up and pray for those who are ailing and, and suffering with all kinds of affliction. We'll 
before they come up, I just want us to bow our heads and pray as many of us who desire these gifts of healing, who want to show kindness, who wants God to display his power through us as vessels, who trust in the graciousness of our God. I want this gift. I want to use it. I want us to begin to ask him for the gifts of healing. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos.